Welcome to Outside Voice Inside. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and this episode is titled Same Drugs. This week we discuss medications, taken to regulate mental health, and side effects that come along with it. So grab a seat, and we hope you enjoy Outside Voice Hi guys. <laughs> Welcome back. Episode 16. Same drugs. This month is mental health awareness month. And so this episode, we're going to focus on our relationship to medication, being medicated due to your mental illnesses. Yeah. But before we get into that, we have several things to discuss first. For instance, who we are. Yeah. I am Delano writer here and there I'm actually working on that I, I have some goals I have a website that is up it ain't I ain't put nothing on it but y'all finna see I'm also the mother of the greatest supernova bug future bookstore owner it's coming slowly but surely it's coming and also tired a bitch is tired Baby, my co-host who is also tired. Yes, I'm Tam Joiner. I'm super tired. The weeks are the weeks are too long, and the weekends are not long enough. Oh God, Lordy, I um, this week I'm a Starbucks trader, a <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts drinker, <laughs> and a lover of candied bacon. Let's go candy bacon. I see you have been at Dunkin' Donuts eating that bacon. Yes. I'm sorry I got your child addicted to it. My bad. Yes. It's your fucking fault. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, all right. Us two old tired bitches. <laughs> Let's talk about... Uh, current events what had mm -hmm. happened was what, what had happened? there has been so much to talk about that is like offshoots for music and I, as tempting as it is right to like discuss that I don't want to because I don't want to start getting bored with that particular body of music just yet so it just came out uh Let's talk about this baby formula shortage. I I just tell I get tired of living in a world where people are just like, you know, that's not my shit. I don't that don't have nothing to do with me. And this is why I know in my heart of hearts, like society as a whole doesn't give a fuck about kids. They don't. Because with this baby formula shortage, it's about the babies. But here's the thing is that, and I know that you saw it that this morning where they said that the only, it's only a shortage in the United States, which makes me believe that it's purposeful. Yeah. Especially, I mean suspiciously after trying to overturn Roe versus Wade, like it's, it, it's all so, I, you know, 
you know me, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but some things are not coincidental. That's all. Like Bill Gates creating, creating some food supply and we finding out about it. The masses finding out about it. Like, you know, the conspiracy theorist people and the people who like be like, the government's cricket. They have had their finger on the pulse of what these rich ass motherfuckers who don't have shit else to do but fuck with poor people. Right. They be knowing what's up, but it's kind of hard to listen to them sometimes because they be like, everything's a conspiracy. Right. Like, everything is not a conspiracy, but come on, it gets exhausting. Like, but it's our government. Our government is, they love to abuse capitalism and they don't give a shit. They try to pretend they give a shit about children. They do not. They don't because I don't, I don't want to hear this bullshit either. This tone deaf shit would just breastfeed. First of all, motherfuckers, there are people who have children who don't even have breast milk who don't even have fucking breasts to have breast milk in okay what i'm finna breastfeed water what i'm gonna go get some water and give to my kid as pretend milk like shut the fuck up wait did you see the tweet where the lady said that a man that she had a conversation with who was in his 40s thought that when women started their period that they all just had milk in their boobs Listen to me when I say I'm sick and fucking tired of motherfuckers who have no idea how how these bodies that have female reproductive organs. I'm so tired of motherfuckers who run this country get to tell us about our bodies like that shit is like in what world does it make sense? It's like in what world does it make sense? that white people get to tell black people who they are. Right. I mean, it makes sense here because that's what the colonizer does, right? Correct. They run up in motherfuckers' neighborhoods and be like, I know your life better than you, savage. We need to civilize you. Did nobody else show us to come over here? I'm going off on a tangent on something else because I'm just, <laughs> I'm just sick of people. Like, yeah. why your fucking business? Like, all these babies who need to eat. And I I have a kid. So yes, I did breastfeed, but there's this thing that happens with boobs and you may be familiar with it. It's called mastitis. Mm -hmm. I had mastitis when I had, was breastfeeding. And it is legit the most painful thing you will ever experience in your boobs and your upper body. Like the shit, your boobs, imagine your boobs at their biggest. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm going to tell y'all, I have pretty large boobs, okay? Tamara has had pretty large boobs. They shrunk a little because she lost some weight. But we got big titties. So these titties get even bigger. I think I was like a G or an H. And they were engorged. What that means is they were full of fucking milk that would not come out. So your titties are hot as hell. Like there's a heater in them bitches. All your veins is busting loose. Your titties look good. 
They look good, but they hurt like a son of a bitch. They hurt like hell. Somebody brush across it. It's, I don't have a dick, but I imagine that's what it feels like when someone hits you in your dick. That's how mastitis feels. I not only had this shit when I was breastfeeding, I got mastitis about five, 10 years ago. Out the blue. My shit. Actually, now that I think about it, I was pregnant. That's why I got it. Yeah. So when somebody says just breastfeed, I don't think people understand you can't breastfeed while you got mastitis. You legit have all this fucking milk. You can't because when the baby sucks on it, oh, Father God, you legit want to punch your kid in the head. But you can't, right? There are some moms who push through and they have breastfed during, and I, I hold a torch to them because they, 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 listen, Logan got teeth at four months. That's very early. She kept biting me and she would bite me to get more milk out because it wasn't enough. So I was breastfeeding and she had to drink formula. Oh, so wow. for all these people who are like, just breastfeed, fuck you. You obviously don't got no motherfucking titties. And if a woman, and I'm being very specific when I say this, if a woman has said this, whether you identify as just a woman or you're a trans woman, has said just breastfeed, you shut the fuck up too, bitch. Right. Shut up. You don't know people's situations. And there are some mothers who wish they could breastfeed and they are distraught about this. Like, I wish I could give my child this. They just don't produce no milk. Right. Or all that comes out, it's not enough to feed. So that's why the formula is so important, y'all. So watch your motherfucking mouths. I know we live in this era where people, I don't know, people are just too sensitive. You shut the fuck up. When you get some motherfucking big ass titties, they just hurt for no goddamn reason. You can't feed your child. Then come holler at me. Until then, shut up. Baby. Moving on. Um, work yourself up. I know you got worked up. Um, <laughs> I wanted to talk about uh, it's graduation season. Yay. I'd like to give a shout out to one of my oldest friends. She graduated today. Yay, Cree, I'm super excited for you. And she's starting her master's program shortly. So I'm excited for her. Um, but it's graduation season and uh, people are doing their little commencement speeches. And I know everybody remembers when a guy did, uh, Robert Smith, I think his name was, did the commencement speech at Morehouse. And he told everybody he was going to pay off their student loans. Yeah. Uh, the Black man and shortly thereafter, he got audited by IRS. Not a coincidence. Um, but today, I think it was either today or yesterday, Pinky Cole, and if you're not from Atlanta, the name doesn't sound familiar, but I know that you all have heard of Slutty Vegan. She is the creator of Slutty Vegan. She has about, and I'm exaggerating, she has about a million uh, locations in the Atlanta metro area. <laughs> and yes, I'm exaggerating. But um, she uh, graduated from Clark Atlanta. She was their commencement speaker today. And as a gift to all the graduates, um, she gave them all an LLC. I don't know how or how that process goes, 
But I mean, I appreciate the gesture, but, and I know the but nullifies all the things I just said. (laughs) (laughs) But what if I, as a graduate, have no interest in being an entrepreneur and I don't want an LLC? I, I want us as Black people, I want us to stop thinking that we all have to own a business because you know these after effects of slavery you got to own your shit you got to own okay some of us have to be consumers right yeah and some of us will be owners and consumers everyone does not need to own a business there's this young lady on instagram cleo trapper yes i love her and she was like Everybody doesn't need to have a business. You mean bitches who have no good customers? Why do you think that you need to run a business? And I'm I'm with her. And bitch is non-gendered. Like some of you people who identify as males don't need to have businesses. Your customer service is bad as shit. Your price points all fucked up. Yeah. But a product that you sell it is, don't get me wrong, there's some entrepreneurs out there. And I can name, I had on a shirt earlier and said Boss Mom. So Boss Mom is run by these two Black women, Shah and Aaliyah. And they're in, I don't know where Aaliyah is, but Shah is in Oakland. Quality products worth every fucking dime you will pay. And they be running bomb ass sales. Wait a minute. Okay. Love the sweatpants. <laughs> yes, I gave a pair to, to Tamara. I ordered a second pair. Um, Agwehi, she's based out of Oakland. She's um, African and she makes these beautiful caftans and dresses and other sets and head wraps. And she hand sews these bitches and makes earth clutches too. Some people are like, it's expensive. Okay, it's not your price point. You don't got to buy it. I will buy that shit. And I will tell everybody, love Agwehi. Okay, these are the people that you give LLCs to. They have products that people actually want and they have good fucking customer service already. It's something, good customer service is like part of who you are. Correct. You're being of service to people. So you have to have a be of service attitude. You mother, there's so many people out there who are so self-serving. They don't need LLCs because you're always about what's, What's in it for you? No. What's in it for the people that you selling shit to? And I, I'm very curious. Tamara, you and I have both started businesses, ended businesses. How in the fuck did she set it up to give an LLC to everybody? How did Yo, I don't I don't know if it's if it's, you know, whatever the cost of the of the LLC, maybe she gave them that money and the paperwork I don't I have no I didn't delve into like the how but that was you know the thing and I was just like you know I appreciate that but I don't you know and I said this to I think I said this to you earlier you know like per, for example my degree was in psychology and to do anything with that you have to go through a master's program and more than likely mm-hmm. depending on how far you want to go a PhD if you want to yeah. be a psychiatrist so that that is a long process but so if I'm a psych major what the LLC gonna do for me when I I got to go I still got to finish school buddy 
that I'm not doing nothing with this? This is just a suggestion. I'm gonna put it out there because listen, I ain't got no money to give nobody an LLC. I barely keep mine alive, right? <laughs> but <laughs> why when we want to do things for other people, we don't present them with options that are suitable for their growth? Because I feel like that's a what she did, great idea, but it was more so about maybe you wish this is what someone would have done for you. Right. Right. You're she's mad successful. Shout out to black women running shit. Okay. I love it. But think about how many more black students or black people she could have helped if she took her help and marketed it to them specifically. Like who wants to start a business? I got you. Come holla at me and I will help you get started with your, I will cover the cost to start your LLC. Right. It wasn't everybody right but she would have made a whole different impact if it had been that because like you said Tamara everybody ain't gonna start no business some of these people finna go they have finished one degree and they finna go into another one yep they don't have time to run no business yeah so that's a, that's a waste give them that money if you're giving people money to start a business give them some money like on their books because school is expensive, y'all. Right. This shit's expensive. Oh, I mean, it's just, I just want for us as a community to get the LLC chokehold. Just get it off us. Oh. It's got us in a chokehold. <laughs> like, I mean, y'all went out here and made fake LLCs to get $9.5 million in PPP loans. And now you're going to the feds. Like, Ooh. I need, <laughs> I need. Them PPP loans. <laughs> I need for y'all to stop with the fake the fake businesses. Everybody can't run a business. Like yeah. if you are self-aware and know you know you as a person, you know what your strengths are and business is not a strength for everyone. Some of y'all don't have no hustle about you to run a business. See, you can't start the business and lay back and not do nothing. Some of y'all ain't got no hustle about you and that's fine because hustling ain't for everybody but we could talk about this ad nauseum yes we could we surely could <laughs> but we're, we're gonna move on to our final this is so unfortunate I, yeah i'm gonna let you talk about it today uh earlier today in the city of buffalo new york um a young white man i'm just gonna call him a young white supremacist male um, drove into a predominantly black neighborhood and went to a locally a local grocery store in um, body armor with a rifle and killed 10 people. 13 people were shot. 10 of those people um, died. Um, I'm sending prayers and light to that community. Um, I saw somebody on social media in in my timeline that said that they shop at that grocery store all the time. Oh. They just didn't have, they just happened to not be in the grocery store today. Um, he had a whole little raggedy manifesto and I'm calling it raggedy because it was some shit he saw on 4chan. Like there was no research done, no, no mm. real legit, um, you know, reasons behind it. It's some made up thing about 
minorities outnumbering white folks. And he had to get rid of some minorities because they were going to take over. Or, oh, this was the thing that was in the little manifesto that each Black person takes up $700,000 or something about $700,000 from the government or something. And I was like, how, Sway? Where do people be finding <laughs> this shit? Because, nigga, if I'm worth $700,000, and i feel like it was like it was like seven hundred thousand dollars on government assistance when in the united states black people don't even make up 20 percent. we don't even make up 20 percent of the population there is absolutely no way we could be the highest percentage of users of welfare and government programs we not even that many people <laughs> it's all because it's all it's more white people it's always going to be more y'all on the welfares and on the government assistance i want y'all to do y'all maths i want y'all the math ain't mathing and i mean because y'all because what y'all are doing is that nobody's doing any research uh thanks george bush because all the children were left the fuck behind because ain't nobody <laughs> got no critical thinking skills no common motherfucking sense and bitches can't read. So, listen, I blame, and rightfully so. It. I mean, our generation is having these kids. Racism is taught. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. Trickle down effect. Baby. Babies. Ooh, that was heavy. Kids. Look. Yes. Woosa, woosa, woosa. Let's, go, let's go into something a little more lighthearted. Our relationship with music this week. My relationship with music has been a good one. I've been listening to, do you know who S.G. Lewis is? No. He's from England. Okay. And I started listening to him because he had a song on Power. I know you don't fuck with that shit, but I have to tell you, Power. Which one? Power. Which Power? the first one i did watch that i watched it into the last season i didn't watch the last season though but i did watch the first power oh yeah. oh well sg lewis song warm was okay. playing. i want to say it either started at the end of a sex scene with ghosts and a puerto and rican the, baby yeah i hated their sex scenes ew <laughs> i like to just look at him that's about it and it like went into the credits, but SG Lewis makes bomb ass fucking music. I mean, he makes some house and dance music, but this was like, you gotta listen to it. It's like, I wanna say it's R&B, but I don't know. It's, it's kind of like a house R&B blend. Okay. But it's good, it's good. He like, he doesn't miss, He and he makes music with a lot of people that you listen to. So like- Okay. I'll go, I, I will listen to that. But, but I've been listening to No Less. Is no that the Less name of the whole project or just the track? No, it's a song. Okay. I was just listening to No Less and Warm and I really liked this. So this song was on the first season. Okay. And uh, the reason I remember it is because he who shall not be named liked Warm. Okay. 
and would play it all the time. And so I just was like, I want to go see what, a, what other shit S.G. Lewis makes. But, you know, he's one of the foreigners I fuck with. Okay, foreigners you fuck with? What you been listening to? So um, I don't know if people know. I just saw the advertisement the other day and I almost flipped the table. But um, the first single came out this week for uh, Danger Mouse and Black Thought have a project coming out. What? <laughs> it's coming out uh, in June, I believe. I had no idea. Well, the first single came out and it's called No Gold Teeth. It came out on Friday. So what? make sure you listen to that. I mean, if you know anything about Black Thought, Black Thought was rapping, rapping like he always do. And then, you know, Danger Mouse, because if you guys know Narls Barkley, Danger Mouse was half of Narls Barkley. So, yeah. um, so, uh, the way Danger Mouse produces things, it's very kind of off the wall, not normally what you're accustomed to, but it's always really good. So it's different, but um, No Gold Teeth is a pretty good tune. So make sure you add that to your list, No Gold Teeth. And I had another song um, because I wanted to say RIP to Lil Keed. Um, he was 24 years old and he passed away this weekend. I feel like it was either yesterday or this morning. Um, they announced that he had died um, and he's a rapper from Atlanta and it was funny because <laughs> my sister was like who the hell is Lil Keith and I was like okay I didn't really know a lot of his music I said but he had one song that used to play on the radio all the time and it was my jam like it was literally my jam. I never knew what the hell he was saying because he sounded a little bit like Young Thug so I didn't know the words to the song, but I used to, when it used to come on, but the, the song that was really popular, I used to play it on V103 all the time. That's the R&B and rap station here in Atlanta. And it was called Nameless. So when we're done, Sunita, just go listen to Nameless. And when you hear it, you're going to be like, I do know this song. Because when I played it for, for Nisha, she was like, wait, I do know this song. I just didn't know who sang it. And I was like, exactly but i always knew it was Lil key because i was like i need to know who sings this song because i like it so much um Lil key also was affiliated with ysl young stoner life he was the mm -hmm. only one out of their crew that did not get arrested but, Damn, and but he, died. he mysteriously died this weekend uh. again I don't rest know about peace. these I don't know about these kooinky dinks, but rest in peace, Luke. I just hate he was so young, 24 years old, just turned 24. So yeah. um yeah, he and it was, you know, that's just I when I hear that, it's always tragic for when I hear that when, but I don't know the circumstances surrounding his his death. Somebody said it was a drug overdose. But I'm not. But I'm not sure. Um, I, I all I knew was that he died. I didn't get any um additional information. But if y'all get a chance, um, go and spin that um, nameless. He had like a few couple of projects, full albums that have been out that people say were really good. I only mm -hmm. you know really knew that one song. But you know, rest in peace, Lil Key, and you know, send love and light out to his family and friends. And then you okay. know, Young Thug and the rest of them. I have to say this and then we can get into the meat and potatoes. Do you listen to Black Keys? Yes. They got a new album out. That shit is dope. Yes, it is. <laughs> I just, I had to put that out there. You know, our honorable mention. But episode 16, same drugs. 
we are here to have a talk about medication. Um, it's a taboo subject, mm -hmm. especially amongst the Black community. Like a lot of people don't want to admit that they're medicated or they need to be medicated. Um, some of us are medicated. We don't take our medication like we should. And it impacts us and literally everybody that surrounds us. And <clears throat> I have said this in the past, maybe not in the most kindest of ways, but it usually would come out, I'm not fucking with you if you don't take your meds. And that's that's not me regulating on anyone or trying to control anyone's behavior. It is, mental health is not something that we should take lightly. Correct. The management of our mental health is not something to take lightly because when we don't take care of our mental health, when we're traumatized and attacked and all of this shit, it does affect literally everybody that we come into contact with. So if we have endured some heavy shit in our lives and we just can't manage it and we know we need the help and we've gotten to that point where, okay, we had therapy, we have therapy and we're like, we need help. We got to take the help. However, I want to be clear and say Everyone who, I know some people are averse to medication. Mm -hmm. um, some people's bodies respond negatively to it. And we're going to get into that. But you, the management of your mental health and your mental health issues running over into the rest of your life negatively, if people step away from that because it becomes too much for them to deal with when you're off your meds or when your behaviors are negative towards other people, that's not something that, I'm not gonna hold that against anybody if they're just like, dude, like you're being harmful right now. And I understand that you have mental health issues, but that doesn't give you the right to harm other people. Correct. And that's why I think it's important for those of us who are medicated and have been medicated that if we choose to not be on our meds, communication is important because there are some artists who they can't be on their meds and create at the same time. So I, I fully fucking get that, right? I've had friends who are just like, I'm going to participate in, um, there's this art thing that happens, I think in October, like where they draw something every day. And in order for them to do that, they can't be on their mess. So they told me, they're like, I'm not gonna be on my mess all of October. I just didn't see them that month. It, right. No love was lost, but I know who they, it, they're like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde when they're not on their shit. And it, I thought it was loving that they would let their people that they're close to know because I want you to prosper in what you're doing. But at the same time, I'm not going to put myself in harm's way if I know potentially you turn into a totally different person when you off your meds. Right. So I think also letting people know it's kind of, I don't know about you, Tamara, but some people are embarrassed because it's like, 
hey, it's it's like sometimes a neon sign. They feel like it's that it says I something's wrong with me. Right. But I look at it the same way as when we have colds, when we get the cold or we get a flu or for everyone who caught COVID, then you take medicine to get better. Correct. Why wouldn't you do the same thing if your 20 cats in a bag jumbled in your head is just fucking out of control? Well, it, here's the thing is that the whole stigma of medication affiliated with your mental illness or mental health or mental wellness, let's say it that way, your mental wellness, yeah. there's a stigma with your mental health anyway, off the rip. Yes. Anybody admitting that they have mental health issues, people are already looking at you funny, especially in the Black community. Yeah. That's just, that's just kind of, it, it's, you know, okay, I'm going to say something that's controversial. It's all rooted in the church. I I know I have said yes. this a million times and people are probably like, bitch, what is this? You were supposed to pray it away. Yes. Or, or it's just the demons. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you give it something and that, that just kind of, um, you know, reminds me of like, when I saw, remember I said, I saw respect with Aretha Franklin. Aretha Franklin was an alcoholic. A lot of people didn't know she was an alcoholic. Every time she would want to have a drink or she would go on a binge, she would say that the demons got her. So oh at, some, at one scene in the movie, she said to a man she had known since she was a child, he was like the choir director at her daddy's church. And she was like, you know, the demons come. And he said, them ain't demons. <laughs> he was like, them are your problems coming back to you. Things you haven't dealt with. Like he pretty much, he pretty much told her it was your trauma. These are not demons. Stop right. saying that. These they ain't no. He said they ain't no demon. That's a, literally what he said. They ain't no demon. So I feel like a lot of times when people people already look at your mental health as a stigma, them demons. So then if you if you have to take medication for those issues that just adds to the stigma that's already attached with mm -hmm. mental health. So that's why a lot of people don't discuss it. I am currently on meds right now for anxiety. I mm -hmm. um, take Lexapro and there's probably a million other people who are listening to this that take Lexapro. <laughs> I am, um, because that seems to be the common one that people take. Um, and I also take trazodone, which is a sedative uh, to help me sleep at night because of my anxiety. Um, I have the type of anxiety that if I don't take my trazodone, that my mind runs all night and I can't get any sleep. So it's all these thoughts going through my head and it won't let me rest. So mm -hmm. taking the sedative calms my mind and allows me to sleep. I remember having the conversation. Um, my mother got into an accident a few years ago and is completely traumatized by the accident. She doesn't like to drive anymore long distances. If she's too far away from home, she gets nervous and she can't drive. So it was stressing her out so much that um, the doctor put her on like Wellbutrin. I think it was Wellbutrin for mm -hmm. her anxiety. And then one day she just decided she didn't want to take it anymore. And those aren't medications that you can just stop taking. And she went off the edge. And my dad was calling me and was like, please talk to your mother because something is wrong. And so I was like, mom, have you taken your medication? And she was like, I just stopped. I was like, why you can't do that? Like I, I had to have a whole conversation with her about why she couldn't do that. 
and that she needed to start taking her meds again. And in the interim, I had a conversation with my dad and he didn't know I was on meds. So when I told him that I was on meds, he was shocked. And he was like, I, he was like, I just didn't know. And I was like, yeah, I have anxiety from trying to hold in all the things to handle everything so calmly and not be stressed. It just made me stressed. So, you know, it's, it, it, sometimes your pe people look at you differently when you discuss being on medication. But for me, it has made my life so much better and so much easier to manage with this medication. And that is the whole thing about medication. It's for you to have a better quality of life. And for me, it has helped me have a better quality of life instead of, you know, three hours of sleep every night and not being able to concentrate or do anything because I'm not sleeping because my mind is racing. Yeah, I... I am familiar with all of these things that you mentioned. So I'm not on any medications now, mainly because I have severe allergic reactions to all of these things. Um, the very first thing that I was prescribed for my diagnosed depression was Prozac. And for anyone who is listening, I don't know if you are familiar with Prozac, but all like no lie Prozac made me want to kill myself like I was just like I I it took away my personality I got hella shit done Whoo! I could clean up an entire house in less than an hour on Prozac I just focused right I did some of my best technical writing on Prozac what do you need to be creative for you just need to get some shit done right um but I was dead to the world. My eyes looked dead. My child did not want me to look at her, did not want me to touch her, would actually scream when I would walk towards her because I had a very zombie-like presence. Mm -hmm. I didn't look alive. And the doctor who gave it to me, I kind of like, was like, he gave this to me a little too easily. Like, I think my dosage was too high to be honest. So he who shall not be named said it was like sitting next to a corpse. Wow. Um, tried to engage in adult activities and he was like, it's like fucking a dead body. Nope. So I had to make a choice and I sat and I, I stared at this pill like I have been taking, and that was only, I had only been taking it for two weeks. And I know doctors urge you to take it for three months, but literally every day I was like, it would be better if I wasn't here. It would be better if I, it was just on a loop in my head. Mm -hmm. And they knew this shit could make you do this. That's the crazy thing about all of this medication is the side effects that it gives you. They're hoping it doesn't give you severe side effects, but some of us do experience this. So it's, you know how when people, sometimes it seems like out of the blue, they just took their lives and it's just like, I thought they were getting help. This medication isn't always, it's not safe for everybody. Right. The dosages are not, they're not always given to you correctly. 
sometimes you're put on cocktails. And for people who don't know what that is, is you're given multiple prescriptions at one time to take one to three times during the day. That has happened to me before. I've been prescribed Wilbutrin. They tried to give me Zoloft while I was pregnant. Zoloft gives you suicidal tendencies. Why would you give that to a pregnant woman? I'm already going through hell. But these doctors, some of these doctors really don't give a shit. They just be trying, oh, it's a new medicine. Let me push it. Um, I've been on trazodone, colazepam, Ativan. Y'all, I didn't, I didn't been through it. And they, when these, when they don't work, they be like, all right, let's try something new. And it's like, this is not like a new pair of shoes, bitch. You are fucking up my goddamn life. Mm -hmm. I'm hallucinating. And this is the scariest thing when I had the last, this is the last time I took medications for depression and anxiety. They gave me, the psychiatrist gave me a cocktail. First of all, he gaslit the fuck out of me the entire time he was talking to me. And I was just like, I'm going to take medication from a motherfucker that's gaslighting? Like, are you giving me this shit to sedate me? Which everything he gave me, it was to sedate me. But for anyone who doesn't know, I have been in accounting and finance pretty much all my work life. You cannot be on these meds and be an accountant. You can't. I literally would just be staring at the screen like this because I was hallucinating. So I would see weird shit and I would look around like, did anybody else see that? Yup. So the pills I was taking to alleviate the quote unquote crazy. I know that word bothers some people. I'm only talking about myself. I'm not putting that on y'all. I had crazy pills. It was literally making me crazy. So I'm driving on the highway and niche, the entire sky turns into a kaleidoscope. And I'm in traffic, my nigga. What? And I'm like, oh my God, I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> And that was when, and I know you mentioned, don't stop your medication right away. I stopped taking that shit right away. I got this terrible rash all over my body. I had that shit for six months. What the what? From taking these pills for three months. It hurt. I'm gonna show you pictures one day. It hurt to like, I couldn't wear a bra. And again, I have big titties. So I just was like, I couldn't wear deodorant. Not great in California when it's like 92 degrees outside. And it was creeping up my neck, all down the sides of my body. It was legit the worst, but it was all to, I could, so I could sleep at night because my anxiety isn't, it's not like the textbook anxiety that people refer to all the time. It's kind of like, it's like yours where, okay, I got a lot going on, but I want to be calm. So mm -hmm. I present as very calm, but people whose anxiety is like, ah! it triggers my anxiety. Right. So I can't be, there are people that I love to death, but they anxiety is like outward. I can't be around them that much because I literally start sweating all over 
because I, it's like, it's coming out, it's coming, I gotta go home, I gotta go home. And I think that's where a lot of my introversion comes from. Because mm-hmm. I have really bad, I don't want anyone to see me in my bad anxiety. So what does one do when they can't be medicated? A lot of people don't talk about this. I have to have a complete lifestyle overhaul. There are certain things I just can't do. I can't go out with my friends and take shots of tequila. I can't. It will literally spiral me into depression. And it's crazy because I can be fine. But there's it's because I'm managing my mental health. I'm right. not putting myself in certain environments. But the minute I start drinking, I'm having fun. But when you come down off of drinking, I just start thinking about everything that is wrong. Yeah. And it causes a spiral. So I can't drink like I used to. I cannot hang out with certain people who put me in positions where my anxiety flares because there's nothing to bring me back down. I don't have any medications because I legit have the worst. You know, there's that that list that shows you all the um, reactions, the side effects. So they have the minor and the major. I literally get the major side effects to every antidepressant that I am given. Oh, good God. I don't know why. My body is just very sensitive. And they're like, well, let's adjust your dosages. I went through a year, two years of having dosages adjusted to see what works, what doesn't work. And it was a living hell. So I just, I don't take medication, but I have to manage my life to a motherfucking T so that these things do not get out of control. Yeah. I think that a lot of people, as far as like medication, again, because of stigmas and your situation is very different because you have those allergic reactions. But I feel like a lot of people don't even go in to get the medications because they self-medicate. Yes. And I get like, you know, I have always, we, you and I have always had this conversation about like I don't judge people for like if they smoke weed or like whatever that if that's what your thing is but what I have come across as of late are a lot of people that it is literally they are they're not smoking weed for the enjoyment but the actual management of their life like yes they to function on a daily basis they have to smoke weed and I feel like when it gets to that point, you need to go and talk to somebody like, because are you even enjoying it that you are smoking it that much that are you getting any enjoyment uh, out of it? Or are you just high all the time? But even when you say that, like with self-medicating and I, I'm not advocating any unhealthy lifestyles here when I say this, but people who take medication, they don't get no fucking enjoyment out of that shit but they do it to manage their life. So it's kind of like, just like I couldn't continue to take that cocktail because it was legit (laughs) fucking up my life. I could have gotten a major car accident and died because I was having hallucinations. 
So I knew I couldn't take that medication anymore. So when we are self-medicating, is what we're doing impacting our lives in any way negatively? Right. And if it is, then I feel like that's that's that time where we have to sit with ourselves and say, you know, is the good outweighing the bad here? Right. Because, you know, I, you know who this person is. I'm not going to give any indicators as to who it is, but they had a $500 a month weed habit. And maybe that's not a lot to some people, but I know it is a lot like that to hear that you spend $500 a month to smoke. And honestly, it wasn't even that much weed, to be honest. Like it, it was rationed. Right. Because marijuana is expensive. Right. But I mean, but I, I I totally know what you're talking about. But remember the incident where I told you I went and I was around someone and I was there for a legit three or four hours and it was three blunts in, like yes. back to back to back. In a, in a three or four, I was like, this is a lot. Like, <laughs> and I, I don't know, I'm not a smoker. So I don't know the cost of the things. I don't know anything about that. But I am cognizant to know what is a lot of, of smoking. Going, that was a lot of smoking. I mean, some people, they are doing it to manage their anxiety. Yeah. And if you are anything like myself or you, the type of anxiety that we have, you want you just want to calm your brain down. Right. So if you like how calm your brain is when you ingested indica, sativa, whatever, you're gonna keep doing it to keep it that way. Right. And I think marijuana gets a bad rap sometimes because it is a narcotic, it is a drug, but we also like. Trazodone is a drug too. Right. And so th- they're, they're monitored drugs. Like I couldn't, I couldn't put that, that wasn't a drug I could put on automatic refill. Okay. I had to call my doctor and they had to prescribe it literally every time. I have had, I can't even remember all the drugs that they put me on, but I've been on several that required the doctor to handwrite it. Girl, mine is on automatic refill. Yeah, they wouldn't do mine. And maybe it's the dosage amount. Yeah, right? I have a, my, my dosage is pretty low. But yes. it knocked me out. Look, it made me sleep, so. That, that's the other thing. It's, it's a tricky process too with medications because I've had medications that they weren't working at certain dosages. So they increased them and then they worked too good. So it was right. making me sleep. I wasn't hearing anything Mm -hmm. that 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 doesn't allow you to live a productive life in society and that is for the most part that is why I can't the side effects and the fact that I have to be so heavily medicated I cannot work right but they won't give me disability but disability don't really pay much right it's like when we talk about mental health and mental health awareness, these are all the things that we need to be aware of because we, you know, that saying, you never know what people are going through. Right. This is the most open I've been about my mental health because 
it is a long conversation. It is an in-depth conversation. You know, you just listening to me tell you these things probably has enlightened you on certain behaviors that I have. Right. You know, like I can't, I can't do certain things and I know this and I don't, I don't look at it as limiting in a way that, oh, my life is, is not good because I can't do this or that. I, I got to grow up sometime, right? So our coping mechanisms weren't that healthy when we were younger, mainly right. because you don't, you don't think about life in the same way. So all this time, I've had anxiety since I was a little kid, really bad anxiety, like no fingernails because I chewed them all down and I used to peel the skin back off my fingers it just it calmed me down because it allowed me to redirect my pain somewhere else gotcha we're band-aids my dad he used to buy this stuff to put on me and my sister's nails to keep us from biting it was really bite them down super low we were nervous we were anxious we were terrified. So all of these things, I've had insomnia since I was a little kid, but it's because I was terrified. Mm-hmm. I was like, I couldn't sleep because it was just like, if I go to sleep, all these bad things are going to happen to me. If I stay awake, at least I can see them coming. Right. And that has followed me into my adult life. But when yeah. I was younger, you know, I could medicate I, drugs and alcohol. Right. But you know, that kills you. But you know, it's funny because I I read an article about um, how a lot of people, a lot of adults who have anxiety like mine are pretty much, and then you're going to laugh when you hear this, are pretty much on anxiety meds because they have undiagnosed ADD. And over the time trying to manage the undiagnosed ADD has made them anxious. So Hmm. that's where I am that's how I that's how I got here so (laughs) you know so I mean but you know it's kind of one of those things it's funny because um you know my sister when she was with uh the other Voldemort that um (laughs) that uh he had ADD and she never thought that I had it until she started living with me. And she said, I did some of the same things that he did. And mm-hmm. so that she, like, she said, she never thought it. And she said, but once we started living together, she said it was obvious to her, but because, you know, I lived alone and I did, I had a routine when I lived by myself, it was very easy because I had a very strict routine that I stuck to. Like it was easy peasy. Yeah. And that was, be- and that was before I was even on, um, meds it was easy but I think that when um what triggered the complete breakdown of it all was when um when LaRon died was when it all came crashing down after that it was like and that and that was I think it was basically triggered because I wasn't managing grief I wasn't grieving at all I was I wasn't managing any type of grief I just kind of went on like this shit never happened and Mm -hmm it ate away at me until I had that breakdown. And then it was, everything was in fucking shambles. So I had to get medicated like because yeah. 
I mean, I was gonna lose my job. I was just, I was fucking up everywhere. Like, I'm not even gonna lie. I was fucking up 24-7. But you know, it was you have to kind of figure out what it is that you want to do for you. And so I had to figure that out. And I'm a better person for it. And it, it's funny because we talked about the ADD. Um, I said to my sister, I was like, I am literally in a space where everything that I have is on auto pay. I said, except for like Georgia Power. Like that's the one bill that's not on auto pay. And she was like, you made it. When you have all your bills on auto pay, you made it. I said, girl, it's because I have ADD. I wouldn't remember to do it. (laughs) Absolutely nothing to do with, with making it. It has to do with my bills being late. Like it's just legit the easiest way for me to handle things without with my eyes closed I don't have to look I don't I don't have to you know but I mean that's a sidebar about my mental health but um it's you know a lot of people when they're on medications like you have to go through different cocktails and all these different things to find out what really works for them um for some people it takes years yes it takes years until i mean and and these and like you said you go through hell people you go through all the ups and downs of these different damn dosages and the things that don't work and the things that do work the things that work too good it's like people's lives are in shambles for a long time until they figure out what the fuck medicine they need to be taking unfortunately so it's why Yes, I have taken it personal when people are like, you just don't understand I have anxiety. And I'd be like, bitch, I'll fucking <laughs> fight you in goddamn street. I don't understand. I I have it and I can't even take medication for it. What the fuck are you talking about? Right. Or you don't get it because you you know you don't deal with depression like I do. It is literally a struggle every day to not spiral because a lot of my stuff is triggered by a need to feel safe. I am not safe in this world, just existing as a black woman, right? Right. But I'm also not safe around men. I'm not safe around the men in my life. I like safety is such a huge issue for me. So when people look at my demeanor and they're like, but you hold it together so well, like how could you possibly know? I hold it together because I don't have, I don't have the luxury of going crazy. I have a kid to take care of. I, I have a life to take care of, right? I don't have a safety net. So it isn't, my need to control anything outside, I have me. Right. So being medicated is something that I wish I could do, but I have spent years being medicated only for it to not work to where what I'm doing now, it just requires a lot of discipline, a lot of self-control, And I have to, I have accepted that I'm going to lose a lot of people. I can't be in their company because I have to control myself. 
Right. You can't be in a space where you're triggered. Well, it's not that because life is going to trigger you, right? Right. I, I My thinking about triggering is nobody knows when they're triggering you. Like only you know your shit, right? Right. But environments that I know are unhealthy, I just can't fuck with that. Yeah. And imagine everything that we have talked about for the last... 37 minutes imagine me having this conversation with literally everybody yeah that, that's a no like that's a no that's a whole no like i'm immediately no like I, so i understand that because like you because you know you you can say okay this looks like a whole lot of fun i can't do that shit like it's just this looks great hood that the hood rat things I used to do with my friends, and I'm going to just be honest, I used to have certain friends all the time so that I could indulge in the things that my poor mental health wanted me to do. Right. We can go through some of my roommates that I had. Yeah. <laughs> Fun as fuck, but they were not healthy for my anxiety. They were not healthy for my depression. And I had to get comfortable not necessarily comfortable. It was a, a thing of acceptance and acknowledgement that you are not well. And you continue to hang out with these people that don't give a fuck about your mental health because one, they don't even know that that's what you're struggling with. And even if they did know, they got their own shit that they tend into. So they're not, they're not really concerned about you. I had to, this is why the last episode self-care was so important. That was part of my self-care, changing the environment that I was in. Because when you're focused on having fun, 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 fun all the fucking time, it doesn't leave room for your reality to settle in. Right. And that's what I have to manage. I have to manage my reality as I heal from decades of trauma. I and it doesn't involve medication. Y'all not because I don't want it to. My body reacts to it negatively. Right. Like you, I, you know, if your body didn't react to it and you had the right things, you wouldn't have a problem with it. It's just that your body rejects those things. And that's. I, <laughs> I honestly think I would have to be declared 5150, put in a facility and stay there until they figure out what works because yeah. in between time you're gonna see me act a whole motherfucking fool because it's not working right and i don't have that luxury with the life that i have if i had a support system you know how some people have a support system where they're just like she's working on herself so that's why she lives at home because you know her parents they're taking care of her right i don't have that luxury right. i never have had it i have to take care of myself and this is how we do it this is it you know for those people who are able to take care of themselves by being medicated i fully support you because yeah. none of this shit is easy whether you're medicated you're not medicated you're seeking to be medicated or you're finding alternatives i yeah. i find alternatives all the time when i feel my mental health is slipping I do things like um, who we're going to, we're going to have a guest on next week. I participate in a lot of things that she puts together um, 
because it helps me center myself Correct. and say, okay, you're, you're doing the right thing right now so that I don't go too far left or too far right. And also knowing that I have someone to take care of other than myself, right. it helps me tremendously because if I don't take care of my mental health, I cannot help her with hers. Correct. And, you know, I'm applying HIPAA laws here. I can't tell the baby business, but it is, it's a juggling act because I have to work on my shit and I also have to work on hers and doctors wanted to medicate her. And I said, no, she, I just felt she was too young to have to deal with that. I don't want that part of her darkened, but it requires extreme discipline to manage my shit and a whole nother human beings. So again, when people say, have ever said to me that I don't understand anxiety or depression, the psychotic part of my brain wants to murder them. Because if nobody else understands it, bitch. Right. This bitch does. Right. And then again, you know, I always think when people say shit like that to you, like these are people that totally do not know you. Like they don't know anything about you because, you know. know, Someone who knew me for over 20 years said that shit to me. I'm not even going to comment. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) not even going to comment. But um, but and that's the thing is that like you share these things with the people that you feel like will understand what your plight is and you you're not sharing with them for any type of pity or for any type of sympathy nope. but for a clear cut understand i want you to understand me and that is why you explain these people to those people but if you don't want to understand me and you don't really give a fuck i'm not telling you nothing like fuck it you can get the fuck on yeah i'll just that- be turning down all your invitations and then wiling out when you act the fuck up like it's just it's whatever like you know, I ha- you. it's funny because, you know, I take my little bit of pills, but I promise you, I went like one week without taking them. And it was the most, the fucking, it was a hot fucking mess, the whole fucking <laughs> And then I was like, I haven't taken my meds. And my sister was like, bitch, what's, go in there and take that shit. Cause what are you doing? <laughs> like I was doing something and she was like, what are you, what are you doing? And I was like, I haven't taken my meds. And she was like, I need you to go in the room and take them right now. She said, because I don't know what the fuck you're doing and you look crazy. Sit down. Like it was, it was like a whole conversation. So, you know, again, I, I'm with, with you. If you, if you are able to take the medication and it works for you, I'm with you. I'm down for you. Cause I'm in the same boat with you. You know, I know that there are people that do self-medicate. I know there are people that can't take medication because like you, they have those allergic reactions or this shit doesn't work. It is too complicated to try to figure that shit out. I, yeah. I listen to uh, the Burt Show in the mornings and one of the girls on there has always had um, mental health struggles and mm-hmm. she's been on all types of medications. She literally said that she has been... Um, taking meds for something for like uh I want to say she said like 10 years and it's just they could never get it right and she went to a different doctor and they finally diagnosed her with something that nobody had ever diagnosed her with and now she has the proper I said 10 years like and now she has the proper medication to you know 
handle her issues. And she's like, she's never felt better in her life. But think about how long she went trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. So it's just, it's, you know, I don't want to sugarcoat it and be like, getting on med- medication is very easy. It is not. <laughs> it's not. It is not. And, I mean, and making sure that they don't conflict with your other medications because we've mentioned this before. I'm a diabetic, so I can't take everything. Exactly. There's some things that cause my blood sugar to escalate, so it could kill me. <laughs> It's a lot, y'all. It's a lot. Like, no joke. It's a whole lot. It is. So give yourself grace. You know, as we wrap wrap this up, give yourself grace if you are on medication and please extend grace to other people because it is not, nothing about this is easy. Not waking up knowing that you have to take these medications or you have to live a certain type of life you just can't live free I want to go out and get stupid drunk with my friends but I also don't want to be like I'm gonna kill myself the next day either and I'm not being I'm not being funny about this like this seriously happens and people are always shocked when I tell them that I deal with suicidal ideation but I've been dealing with this shit since I was a kid it doesn't it literally doesn't go away you just learn to manage it and that's what we're doing when we're medicated that's what we're doing when we can't be medicated but we have to make severe life changes so yeah everybody hang in there and yeah um, because we're all going through it yeah, you know, in our everybody in a different way, but we all going through it. So, so hang in there and make sure you come back next week. Yes, we're gonna talk about therapy. <laughs> yes, the word uh, look, the word that some of y'all hate, therapy. Right. I, <laughs> I feel like we can say this because this episode is gonna end. You know, take take young brother Kendrick's advice. Get you some therapy, bitch. Yeah, he had a whole session on us. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Without further ado, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at OVI Podcast. uh, When we are not being our amazing selves here on OVI and in life, I am talking about season three of Atlanta on FX unpacking atlanta you can listen to that on any streaming and tam what are you doing i am actually um on muse aficionado um with my co-host nikki and we're on youtube uh it's live video so if you want to jump in when we record we record on monday nights and um you have some comments when we talk about the music that has been released this week and it's uh, whether it's trash or not trash um, we also have a couple of segments. Um, we may stand for artists um, who may have good music out. And my favorite segment is sexual behavior in the ghetto, where mm-hmm. we recite raunchy music lyrics. So uh, definitely go and watch so you can laugh because it is very comical and listen to us trash talk the music industry. 
And I, I forgot to mention on Unpacking Atlanta, it's I am the co-host of Cola Be Talking from Black in the Garden. We do that. So keep in touch and we will holla at y'all next week. All right, you guys have a good one. Bye. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at OVI Podcast. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. And thank you for listening to Outside Voice.